Welcome, 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 everyone. Welcome, Shane. He's the co-founder and MD at InvestShop to the startup couch today. You already know that on the startup couches, we bring founders um, who are building amazing stuff and solving big problems in our communities all around the world. Um, and just to hear their stories, to hear um, insights from their journeys and to understand what products they are building and how that impacts our societies, basically. So welcome, Shane. Nice to have you. Nice to turn on us to be here. Very excited for today. Yeah. So um, nice to meet you. And can you tell us a little about InvestShop and the problem you are solving with your team? Sure. Um, so InvestShop, we started in 2017 um, where we identified the problem. And basically it was around the VW emission scandal where a company as big as VW, like a $160 billion company, lost yeah. half its market cap in a week on the back oh. of, yeah, on the back of allegations of fraud, essentially. They were cheating emissions devices and saying they, they were basically had a, a much lower carbon footprint than they actually did. And people were buying oh. it because they thought it was clean. Um, wow. Yeah, and then turns out turns out it wasn't. It, it came out, and the share price dropped fifty percent in a week. And we were just looking at this, and we thought, at the end of the day, investors are the ones that lost a lot of money here, and management had all these insurance products protecting them and basically paying their legal fees and getting them through it, um, which we just thought was quite ridiculous. So, I was quite into investing at the time. Oh. Um, I still am. Um, I love investing, but I, I just thought I don't really know what products are out there to to help people with this. Um, so I started investigating, and I saw there's nothing that really protects people from this specific risk. And we then approached Hanoveri, who are the third largest reinsurer in the world, with the idea. Um, and we approached them just by luck. Actually, they were busy hosting a, a global innovation competition. So I just yep. thought, oh, these guys might be quite open to a new idea. Um, and yeah, they, they liked it, sponsored our feasibility study. And that's really where, where the product came from. Um, interestingly, in our early days as well, we hadn't even, um, we were busy designing the product. And we approached a trading platform called Easy Equities with it. And they said, oh, we quite like this product. We'll, we'll help you bring it to market. And while we were doing that, there was another big fraud event in South Africa. Um, a company called Steinhoff and they were accused of accounting fraud. They were a top 20 company in South Africa and they dropped, they might have even been the, in the top 10 um, and they lost 90% of their value uh, within wow. the first week. So yeah, while we were designing the product, there was a huge fraud event in the country that we were building it in and that just wow. fast track our, our time to market. So yeah, that's, that's the story of where we came from. Wow, that's that's crazy, actually. Wow. Yeah, that's really really crazy. So, um, I guess you have mentioned um how um the journey started in twenty seventeen, um, and basically the background also. That's actually amazing. I think the next question I want to ask would be, um, what, how often does um, this particular use case, because this is really really niche, right? You agree with me. So how how often does this um, 
particular use case of um, things like fraud happening for publicly listed companies? How often in your in your, in your calculations sure. things like this? Sure. Yeah. So you are correct. It's a, a niche product. We're basically targeting people that invest in individual shares that don't yeah. have super diversified portfolios. So let's say less than 20 stocks in their portfolio. That's our, our target market. Um, and that's just because they can, any like individual loss in a company they're exposed to could cause quite a big dent to their portfolio. So that's sort of yeah. our, our target market. And in terms of how often the risk happens, um, in South Africa, we covered the top 120 companies. And yep. In the first, I'll say, two years, there were two, two and a half years, there were 25 events that met the definition of what we cover. And oh, wow. 12 of those dropped by more than 10%. And that's basically when our claims period is, is triggered. So in two and a half years on 120 companies, there were 12 different events. So it's it's actually wow. a lot more, uh, it happens a lot it's more. more common than I, I assume. Yeah, um, and in the US last year, so we recently launched uh, the product on US shares for South African investors. And yep. in the US last year, in the top companies listed there, we would have paid out claims on 33 companies. Um, so again, like it happens a lot more frequently than you expect. And, and it often happens with, if we can call it hot stocks, right? So stocks that people are really excited about and pouring money into and the valuation just sort of goes way out of line with what's happening and yeah. and then some uh, short seller generally will come along and be like guys they are misleading you about their sales or their financials um or the auditors i mean wirecard came out last year the auditors came out and said there's a billion dollars of cash missing and that yeah. price also dropped 90 percent. so when it does happen, it often happens to stocks that are quite overvalued and causes significant um, share price drops. Yeah. 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 I see. Got it. Um, that's actually really, really insightful. Um, so I guess you have answered my questions about um, customers, but just tell me a little more. Who are your customers and um, how, how, how does your partnership with Easy Equities work? Sure. So our distribution model is B2B2C. So basically okay. we, we distribute the product through trading platforms primarily. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So we, we integrate with trading platforms. Our product then appears as a tick box as you're buying your share. So it says, would you like to take out management fraud cover with your purchase? If you do, yeah. the policy wording pops up, you agree to that. And it adds the, the cost of the insurance to your transaction costs. And when you execute your your trade, um, it just passes those transaction costs over to the insurer. And then, so we basically designed the product, um, but we are not the insurance company. We're more of a tech provider. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so our customers are people investing in individual shares through trading platforms, and we we integrate with trading platforms. We do we do also have a direct distribution model. Uh, um but it's definitely not our primary channel. Our primary channel is integrating with with platforms and selling to their their captive user base. Oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Um, according to my research, you last raised um six hundred thousand dollars two years ago. 
So um, I, my, my next question is like, how's the journey been since then? What has this um, capital raise helped with like execution speed and things like that? How, how has it been since then? Sure. Yeah, it's been, <laughs> it's been quite a journey since then. Lots of ups and downs. I mean, I think you run a startup too and you'll, you'll know like daily you can have highs and lows. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, 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 that is the story. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So it's a, it's a story of many highs and many lows. <laughs> Um, so we're a team of four actually, um, it's myself and two other co-founders, plus one developer, and our system is really automated so we can issue like thousands, tens of thousands of policies without any manual intervention. So on a team of four we've issued like over 40,000 policies, and I would say when Corona hits was obviously, um, it, it was a good and bad thing for us. So because we are a, an online distribution player, our existing distribution went up. I mean, I think the month of March, 2020, we had 800% growth uh, month on month. So, oh, wow. Yeah, so that was really good, but all for a relatively small base. Um, I think we're doing about 70 new clients a month and we went on that month, I think we had about 900 new clients in March. And that kind of wow. sort of kept up throughout the rest of 2020. So that was really oh, wow. good. But on the bad side is that adding new platforms, the B2B leg really slowed down because all the platforms in South Africa are owned primarily by uh, big banks. And they yes. went into months of, let's say, what do they call it, business interruption and business continuity and those yeah. types of focus areas rather than new products. So it slowed down our time to get onto new platforms. But in, in that time, we then said, while we're looking at South Africa only, let's look at international um, markets. And we looked at the US and Europe primarily, and we now have our first agreement. We actually signed last week uh, with a German trading platform. And we also have a German insurer that's willing to take the risk. So it's it was a blessing and a curse, and it definitely slowed down our, our time to integrate with new platforms but I think it helped our metrics significantly. So when we are pitching to platforms, we now have uh, the, the stats look a lot better. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, the whole expansion plan is actually really, really amazing. Um, oftentimes with fintech products in Africa, you get told a lot by investors that um, you can't scale that much without getting into other markets. I don't know if you guys get that too. Yeah. Um, so that's actually definitely a really, really strong play. And like being in the market in Europe, that's actually amazing. Like Germany um, is a market that's known for uh, really conservative consumers. So like insurance would be something that uh, would be big there. Yeah, so that, that's, you know, what, that's what we hope to see. <laughs> congrats. Um, so yeah, my next question would be, what's your next milestone as a team? And what, how, what do you think about the insurance space in South Africa? Um, so our, our next milestone is definitely to get live in in the European market, um, as well as to add a new another platform. So we've got one, one under the belt and that's good, um, but we are chatting to quite a number of others and it'd be great to close close one or two others as well. Um, obviously that, that'd be fantastic for us. And then in terms of South Africa, um, the insurance space, 
yeah, a lot of interesting things happening. I think it's it's very difficult to. I know people always used to speak about um, insurtechs are going to disrupt the, the traditional players, but I think there's a yeah. lot of barriers to entry to be an insurer, uh, and capital is one of them. And I think that it's yeah. the insurtech or the whole insurance space is one more the partnering route where the traditional players partner with insurtechs to help bring their solutions to market. And I think that is the right way is the right way to go, especially for now. It's it helps you get traction in the market, find your feet, and really understand your users. I guess before you have to worry about a full scale insurance operation. And we also find yeah. it's easier to then scale. Um, that was our whole one of our big um, assumptions: is that if you want to be an insurer, your time to market is is really long. Whereas if you partner with existing insurers in different countries you significantly reduce a the cost of of expanding and be the time to market so yeah i'm staying staying as a as a tech player is quite important for us for now yeah 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 i got that that's really 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 important um are you guys looking to um expand into other markets in africa i already see the european expansion um i would first tell you my thoughts about expansion in africa before i actually yeah. but um i guess looking to expand into other markets in africa um what would your thoughts be on like the, your exit strategy you know like this this is a company that started in 2017 in the next three years you would have been seven years in the, in the game you know so like is there like an exit strategy so for me personally i think that um africa as a market is um for lack of a better word not as rich um as um other markets like um the us europe and stuff like that right and so i think that is really really always tricky expanding in in expanding to african markets right i think in africa there are just a few markets where people have disposable income and one of them is south africa right and so for me i always think that it is always really really nice to get paying customers in other markets outside of africa even if it's like emerging markets so it could be brazil it could be india right um i think that that would be even more worthwhile so what do you think yeah so i mean i think it it depends on your product as to there's definitely a lot of Africa specific challenges where where products can scale significantly. I mean, we were 40 I have invested in a company that um, can't remember the countries they're operating in, but it's like Ghana, Tanzania, uh, Kenya, uh, somewhere else. And they, they have a solution specific to Africa. Their solution wouldn't make a lot of sense in Europe or the US. And they've done significant, um, significant sales in Africa. So it depends on your solution. For for us, our our target is large financial markets, right? So then you look at at Africa. South Africa is the twentieth biggest stock exchange in the world, maybe twenty second yep. now, um, yep. and that's the biggest one in Africa. So for us, you you yeah, want to expand to the biggest financial markets, which is the US, Europe, and possibly Asia. Um, yeah. And and then so I would say for us, Africa is not the let's say the the perfect place for us to expand. Uh, not that yeah. we'd be against it. I actually see there, there's 
very potentially going to be a couple of investment platforms um, giving Africans access to the US markets to invest in. And I think that we would happily partner with platforms like that. But yep. Africa as as a market is not our our primary target market. But as I say, it depends on your on your solution and the problem you're solving. There's some very Africa specific um, issues to solve where you can make a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I definitely agree with that. Yeah, yeah, and and finally, exit strategy. Ah yes. <laughs> so interesting. <laughs> Um, we have been around for a while, but the first year was basically a feasibility study. So technically we weren't operating as a startup. Then we raised money towards the end, pretty much the end of the first year. Um, and yep. then had a, well, actually I think we raised money after two years. Yeah. Um, and then that was more a pilot with the, the platform Easy Equities. And because our product's annual, it was like a year-long pilot before we could really start expanding to other to other platforms. And then we found a couple of challenges expanding in South Africa, and then Corona came. And yeah, so it's been it's been quite a journey of like a lot of let's say a slower um, yeah I want to say a slower growth than than we would have hoped for um, to get to this point. Yeah. But hopefully from here like expanding into new markets. Um, and into Europe, we start to, to see the growth that we hoped for from the start. So, but I've, I've never seen the startup investor as something that I want to exit necessarily because it's such an automated product. It can bring you an automated revenue stream that you can then build other businesses off of. Yeah. 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 yeah so we, we reckon we could service the whole world like with a team of less than 10 people. Yeah, wow. because it's literally API calls. It's standard. We've built the system. It does all the risk management and it issues the policies. The the distribution or the platform partners that we have, they generally deal with client queries. So we, we don't really have too much to do other than to distribute the product and to create marketing material um, for their client base. But yeah, so wow. I, I like that automated income aspect of things. Obviously, you say oh, my plan is not to exit. If someone gives you the right offer, you probably <laughs> would take it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, the idea at the moment is to build the business into a global business that's creating automated income essentially and recurring revenue, a recurring revenue stream because it's um, insurance. And then using that money to yeah. build, to just keep building out and build, build new products. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Shane. This has been an interesting conversation. Um, you have, you know, brought us on a journey on this couch through Investor. And now we have a full idea of how it works and like the impact it's is making in the lives of you know customers like myself and things like that so thank you so much for coming on the couch today um and um i would say i really really appreciate your presence um and i wish you all the best in the journey as you continue to go especially with um expansion into european markets i think that's going to go pretty well so thank you cool so much. thanks Latana, and thanks for inviting me here it's always nice to share the story
yeah yeah so thank you good thank you guys um this has been an amazing conversation um join us subscribe and relax because every week we are going to be bringing you episodes of startup couches where we bring founders like shane to come and share their journeys and their insights and how they impact our communities so until next time stay up <laughs> cheers <laughs>